Friends and family, welcome back. Much love to all. First, some good news. The organization we're highlighting this week is Culture All. That's Culture, C-U-L-T-U-R-E, All, A-L-L. And their website is cultureall.org. This one is pretty close to home. I spent some time researching some nonprofit organizations in my own backyard, looking at Iowa and in the Midwest. When I came across this one, I like what they're doing. Culture All is focused on helping Iowans learn about world cultures. That is something that's always in the back of my mind when we're talking social awareness in my classroom, when we're discussing empathy. Being in rural Iowa, where I live and teach, my students aren't always exposed to a lot of different cultural backgrounds. And I think that's an important thing as we do try to recognize individual differences and understand others and pursue empathy. So I like that this program is doing that right here in Iowa. They have classroom programs, support for educators. It looks like they have day camps, summer camps, after-school programs, community programs. They even do business consulting. It appears they have a wide network of people who are affiliated with Culture All, who come from a wide variety of backgrounds, have spent time in a lot of other cultures. And I just like that they're spending time focusing on that, trying to just expose people to cultural differences and all the great things that many different cultures have to offer. I think that's where we start that pursuit of empathy is just recognizing and understanding to the best of our ability others. So check out Culture All. For family time this week, we're getting into relationship skills. So for Family Time 77, we're talking about relationships and self-advocacy. These can be difficult topics. So we're starting just by having some discussions. And the first thing I want my students to talk about is, by their estimation, what are some characteristics of healthy relationships? That's a pretty broad question. But what are some things that make up healthy relationships? I also want them to consider what are some characteristics of unhealthy relationships. I also want my students to consider some strategies that might assist with handling unsafe or unhealthy relationships. So when we talk about that, we're talking about relationships. We have a wide variety of relationships in our lives. Our existence is really relationships. We have friendships, we have romantic relationships, we have relationships with our family. And our relationships exist on this 
broad spectrum. But there are some things that are worth considering in any of our relationships. When we think about what is healthy. People can certainly have varying opinions. For me, I think the best relationships are those relationships that help us be who we are. That allow us to feel comfortable in our own skin. That allow us to present ourselves in the way we want to present ourselves. And at best, help elevate us. Help bring the best out of us. And that's from our own perspective. What we really want to see in ourselves. That can be romantic relationships. It can be friendships. But I think it's so important to surround ourselves with people who elevate us. On the flip side of that, if we're talking about characteristics of unhealthy relationships... It's those relationships, for me, that drag us down, that hold us back from being who we are and who we want to be. I see it a lot of times with even my own students. I'll maybe have a student who's very kind, very caring, very sensitive toward others. And I'll sometimes see that student, by my estimation, get a little taken advantage of by others because of that caring, supportive nature. I've come to term people who feed off the kindness of others as emotional vampires. And we have to be aware and we have to beware of the emotional vampires in our lives. Are there people in our lives who are clinging to us for what we're bringing to the table and they're taking our energy, taking our time, taking our effort and we're not maybe getting a lot back from the relationship? <clears throat> that can be a difficult thing because I think most of us want to be kind, want to be nurturing, want to be supportive of others. But that can be hard when we're giving of ourselves and we feel like maybe we're not getting a lot in return, that we're always giving and other people are taking. In that respect, it's important for us to advocate for ourselves, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But we also have to understand it's okay to end certain relationships if they're continually, continually unhealthy. I think it's good to be there for people. There are certainly people in my life who I would never give up on, family, friends, and that's a good thing. To have people that we love and care about unconditionally. But we have to understand it's also okay for us to get some distance. To not 
constantly be the ones feeding the emotional needs of others. We want to be supportive. We want to be helpful. But we do need to take care of ourselves, which has become sort of a cliche, but, but we do. We need to take care of ourselves. It's the adage that isn't mine, but it's the idea of being on an airplane when there's an emergency situation and the oxygen masks drop. We're always told to put our own oxygen mask on before we help those next to us. Because if we're in a negative situation, if we can't breathe, it becomes very difficult to help anyone else. And that can be tough to do. And that leads us to self-advocacy. I want to talk to my students about that this week as well. I want them to think about what self-advocacy is and how they might best advocate for themselves. This is something I think I really had to figure out later in life than I maybe would have liked. If I could go back again, I think I would have focused a little more time on self-advocacy and understanding that's not that's not a selfish thing. It's not about me, me, me. It's about here's what I need to be the best version of myself to do the things that I want to do to help other people. I really learned a lot about self-advocacy in my late 20s and early 30s. And I've talked about it before, so I don't need to go over it again. But I had a series of fairly serious health problems starting when I was 28 and going to about the age of 32. And aside from some residual effects, I'm very healthy now and feel great and all those sorts of things. But I spent a lot of time going to different doctors, different hospitals, having a lot of different tests, having different surgeries, different procedures, all these sorts of things. And I had some very frustrating moments and frustrating encounters, especially early on in the process. Because there weren't always a lot of clear answers for what was going on. We'd figure something out, but I wasn't necessarily getting better and there were other problems. And that's frustrating in that situation because to me, there's this idea of like, well, you go to the doctor, the doctor knows exactly what it is. There's a clear path to get through this and get better. And there wasn't always. And I would sometimes go for an appointment or a test. And I don't, this was not a fault to the doctors or anyone with whom I was working. I think healthcare workers are often overwhelmed and they see a lot of people and there's not always enough available resources. But there were times where I felt like I was dismissed a little bit. Where it was, well, it's probably this, let's see what happens. And I sometimes felt like I wasn't being heard. That the doctors maybe were not understanding how much I was struggling, how much it was impacting my life. And a large part of that is on me. 
because I tend to minimize problems just for myself where I, I kind of get into a mode where I'm like, well, this is, this is existence right now. I try to very much be in the moment and sort of, well, this is my current existence. I'm living that existence. I'm going to keep trying to do things. But then I wasn't maybe clear of like, oh no, this is actually very difficult and this is impacting my life. And it's, it's making it harder for me to be who I would like to be as a as a father and as a teacher and all those sorts of things. So I really had to learn to be clear and concise about what I was feeling, about how I was being affected, and about my personal commitment to where I wanted to be health-wise. Because that was something, too. Sometimes we would we would get over maybe one hurdle of the health issues and then the doctors or whoever I was working with at that time would kind of be like, all right, well, then we're done here. And I had to be clear about, well, this is not where I want my health to be yet. Yes, I understand maybe we've taken care of, I had this bacterial infection, for instance. Yeah, okay, the infection is gone, but I'm still not back to the level of health and wellness I would like to be. So we still have work to do here. So that's what I want my students thinking about focusing on this week. Healthy relationships, characteristics of healthy and unhealthy relationships, the different types of relationships we have, and how to advocate for ourselves so that we are getting the most out of our relationships and giving the best of ourselves to our relationships. Much love. The blog post for this week is Pilot Holes. I was thinking of this while I was making a shelf with my nine-year-old daughter, Claire. We like to make things together. Claire is very creative. She helps with a lot of the home improvement and construction things that we do. And my son, Mickey, who's 11, does as well. But Claire and I really like to share that time together, sort of the creative time. Claire has a lot of these little house plants, little succulents and things that we've accumulated over time. And I like them. I've come to really enjoy having these little plants and they seem to grow really well. I credit Claire's apparent green thumb for these plants kind of taking off. Even some of these succulents just keep growing and getting bigger. And so we will replant them when they outgrow a certain container. So we've got a collection of these. And in our house that we moved into about a year ago now, In the dining room where we get some really nice sunlight, where I'm sitting right now, we kind of had the plants just sitting on part of the floor for a little while because I wanted to put them on a bench over a radiator. We have a boiler and radiator system in our house. So we wanted to build a bench that would fit right underneath the window over the radiator and would allow the plants to get sunlight. 
So this was a little while back, and we decided to build this bench. We had some lumber that we had gotten for some other things, and Claire and I drew up some plans and went about cutting the lumber and fastening things together and creating this little bench. And while we were fastening things, I was using pilot holes. So for certain connections, we would use a pocket hole jig. And Claire helps with all of this. She helps run the tools and helps do everything. We're using a pocket hole jig where you can clamp a board in and you drill holes diagonally so you can make these strong attachments and they'll be hidden. And then for sort of flat surface to surface connections, I was just drilling regular pilot holes where I take a small drill bit, drill a hole that is smaller in diameter than the screw we're going to use and then put the screw into that same hole. And Claire was asking, a, asking what I was doing. She always kind of asked about the process. We talked the whole process as we go through. And I was explaining, well, these are pilot holes. And they help guide the screw. They help prevent the wood from splitting. They help us sink the screw so that we can use some wood fill to cover up the screw hole and make a nice, clean finished product. And I'm certainly no master craftsman, but I've done enough projects over the years to appreciate some things like pilot holes. Where earlier on in my life, I think I would have just hammered through with a drill, which is an electric screwdriver, and you know, not pre-drilled holes, just put the screws in. And I've done projects like that in the past when I was younger. And then sometimes the screw doesn't sit quite right or doesn't sink in quite as well as I'd like or I chip a piece of wood, those sorts of things. And maybe it's just getting older in general. I feel like I've gotten this way with so many things in my life where I've recognized the value in slowing down a little bit to do the job as well as I can the first time. And it's funny because I remember working with my dad a lot growing up when we'd be remodeling houses, working on cars, whatever it would be. And I would listen to my dad deliver these sort of old carpenter's adages like measure twice, cut once. <laughs> and it would at times kind of annoy me because my dad would say measure twice, cut once, but it seemed like he was often measuring 10 times before we were actually making a cut. And I was young and wanting to do other things. So I want to just hammer it out. Let's cut and go. And I think I can be that way sometimes where I just want to, here's the problem. Here's what I'm trying to do. Let's hammer it out and go. But I've learned over time the value of taking a step back, really figuring out what I want to do, what the end goal really is, and then taking the steps to try to do it right. I think I've definitely done more of that in my teaching and coaching career. 
I used to try to fit so much into a given class, to a given practice. I'd have so many things that I wanted to cover. And I've learned that it's often so much better to focus in on a couple of things that I want my students, my athletes to do really well. And then we can build from there. And I've learned that even in my own life. There's so many things I want to do that I want to do that I want to accomplish, so many ideas that I have. And I've learned it's okay to take a step back and do the little things that'll help me accomplish a few specific things at a higher level. That's what pilot holes really do. It's this this extra little step. If you don't have a separate drill there, you got to take out the the bit for driving the screws and have to put in a drill bit and drill the holes and then switch again, put the screw in. But it makes for a better finished product. And it often makes for a much smoother experience throughout because it might take a little bit longer in those instances, but oftentimes it's saving time and effort and headache in the long run because the process stays smooth. And there aren't the things like the cracked board, split board, that kind of derail the whole thing and cause us to have to go back and start over again. So I was thinking about pilot holes in my life or in our lives in general. And that's an important step to take. It's important to try to be a craftsman in all the aspects of our life, whether for me it's as a father, as a teacher, as a coach, doing these sorts of things, doing media stuff, writing, that it's okay to slow down a bit and try to be a craftsman. And it's good to do little things that help guide us to take the little steps that might seem insignificant that help us get to where we really want to be. Those are the pilot holes in our lives. Because it can be hard to jump to the main thing. It's almost impossible to go from here's where I want to be to here's the end goal. There's steps. It's always a process. And it's okay to take... It's okay to even take extra steps. Sometimes we want to get from A to B in as few steps as possible. Sometimes we have to take the extra little steps to kind of pave the way, to lay the foundation, to get where we ultimately want to be. So don't be afraid to drill some pilot holes in your life, to take some little steps to make it a little bit easier to get where you want to be. Much love. This week's show is brought to you by Sporks. Because even silverware can have 
and identity crisis. Now, from me to you. We started the show talking about Culture All, an organization in Iowa that helps bring different world cultures to Iowans. We talked about relationships and self-advocacy, and we talked about pilot holes. So, first, take a little time to experience some other cultures, some other backgrounds. We talked about this a week ago when we were discussing empathy and empathy interviews. But I think we all gain so much from trying to understand others, from that pursuit of empathy. I know every time I get a chance to experience a different culture, talk to people who have different backgrounds, I learn so much about them and so much about myself. And it enriches my life. So spend some time talking to others, getting to know them. Think about your relationships this week. What are the strong, healthy, happy relationships in your life? The relationships that feed you and strengthen you and make you better and and fill the gaps in your life that help you overcome your shortcomings and challenges. What are some of the negative relationships? What are some of the relationships that hold you back, that weigh you down? And how can you address those relationships? Can you mend them? Can you improve them by advocating for yourself? Or do you need to cut some relationships loose? It's a hard reality. It's a hard truth to face. But sometimes we have to do that. Instead of going down with the ship. What is self-advocacy and how can you best advocate for yourself? Because that's a right and good thing to do. It's not selfish and it's not cruel to stand up for yourself and try to do the things and get the things in your life that will allow you to have strong and happy relationships and give the best of yourself to your relationships. That's something it took me a long time to learn. That if I wasn't the best version of myself, I wasn't giving the best to my relationships. And that's not to say that we just give up on relationships. Sometimes we have to. But I think sometimes we take good advice and turn it into a bad excuse where we're just not willing to put in the work to make a relationship happen or to keep a relationship growing and we chalk it up to, well, I'm doing this for myself. It can be selfish if if we're not really considering the other person and we're not putting any work in. Relationships are work. Friendships, romantic relationships, families, they take work. And there are some relationships that are worth fighting for and working for and not giving up on. 
But we have to understand we need to advocate for ourselves to keep a relationship healthy and strong and growing. That's part of the deal. And we have to recognize that other people in the relationship have the right to do that as well. Don't be afraid to drill some pilot holes for yourself this week. Consider where you really want to be, what your goals are, and think of the steps to get there. And don't overwhelm yourself. And understand it's okay to take a step back and take a little time and to even add in a few steps that'll make the path a little easier. Because it's not about how quickly you can get there. It's about getting the finished product that you want. At the end of the day, at the end of the race, at the end of your life, having as close to the picture in your head that you've created to having the life that you wanted to live. And that takes some time and it's a process. And you have to drill some of those pilot holes. Thanks for joining me again this week. Love yourself. Love each other. Love the fight. Mm -hmm.